Apple is like a ship with a hole in the bottom, leaking water. And my job is to get the ship pointed in the right direction. <laughs> Good morning, Arlenco friends. This is Cameron at Arlenco Distribution. Um, I am glad to have everybody tune in to the Arm Yourself show, the Arm Yourself podcast, uh, which is presented by Arlenco Distribution. Today's show is brought to you by UNV Cameras, better security, better world, cameras that simplify installation, save bandwidth, and use less storage. Today's show is also brought to you by Klein Tools, tools that tradesmen and professionals prefer. Today's show is also brought to you by Hyperline. Hyperline Wire is, um, I'm just gonna quickly tell you a story about Hyperline Wire. Years ago, I got, I, I sold a job, it was a, a uh, and it actually wasn't me that sold the job, but but it was a, a, one of those trampoline, recreational trampoline places. And and we had a technician, um, an installer that was doing the installation, and he went down to the the shop and picked up eight boxes of RG6. The boxes that he picked up were Genesis. It was Genesis RG6. And Genesis is kind of the bargain basement, uh, bottom of the barrel budget sort of wire. Um, and, and he took the wire up to the job site. He, we had rented a man lift so that he could pull the wire through the rafters and he wanted to do, uh, most installers will appreciate this, but he wanted to do eight camera and eight camera pull at the same time. So basically pull off of eight boxes at the same time. He, you know, he tied off the wire to the back of the lift, uh, pulled the, the wire off of the boxes, and then he raised the lift and he started pulling the wire, but he had to keep dropping the lift, tying the wire off, dropping the lift, because the boxes, the wire was not pulling off of the boxes very well. That had a lot to do with what materials were used to create the wire, but also the fact that the, the wire was coiled up in the boxes too tightly. This is something that I have seen happen a lot with uh, the cheaper wire, um, like, uh, you know, Genesis. So Hyperline does not have that problem. Their boxes for the RG6 are big. It's a bigger box. It's like, so that means that the coils are larger. The wire is a higher quality wire. The jacket's a better quality jacket. It, it just pulls off the boxes a lot easier. The same applies to their Cat5 wire. So the, the, the Hyperline, we love the Hyperline product offering. And then they have all kinds of great um, racking componentry and wire cable management. They have, uh, you know, like uh, punch, punch blocks and they have wall punch, uh, punch blocks, like what, what you would find basically with ICC. The guy that sold at ICC left ICC. He was there for a very long time. And now he is the sales representative for Hyperline and he's doing a terrific job. He's the, the BISCI um, 
I, I think he's got a certification, but he's not a certified trainer. But he'll come in and he'll teach everybody the, the rules of the, the lay of the land. He knows a lot about the product. So any, anyhow, we're glad to have those guys um, sponsor this show. We'll be starting next next week, the next podcast. We're going to talk about we're going to be talking about IP and how it just is changing the landscape. And actually, overall, the landscape of all these technologies are actually changing rapidly right now. And I I have noticed personally within the past 15 years or so uh, this massive migration from traditional or conventional um, technology in this these industries um, over to IP, which is not rocket science, but right now there's kind of a two-way battle going on between wireless and IP technology, and it's really created some innovative technologies out there uh, that we can use in in our own jobs and our own um, in our own spaces. So anyhow, without further ado, I'm going to bust into this week's episode, which is Napco continued. Um, we left off last week with the Napco commercial lines. We talked about the Firewolf. We talked about the Gemini C platform, which is a very, very powerful commercial-based platform that has a massive offering for businesses. It, it you know, it's an addressable security system. Anyhow, I'm not going to rehash through all that, but um, I'm going to bust into the second half of this Napco stuff. Um, I talked about how it was kind of a 10-headed monster. We have, in, in Napco, w- when when you're looking at Napco, you have to kind of break it down um, into, I what I did was I broke it down into seven categories or seven, seven markets, seven product offerings uh, that come off of the Napco line. The first being the the fire community, or sorry, the fire commercial fire systems, and then commercial security systems being the two big ones. Um, but I wrote down communicators. They have this awesome offering of communicators that I feel like are just they they give a lot more than most of what's on the market right now. So the and and they've been a, since since they own the communicator market uh, for their own product offering the the integration the level of integration that they provide for their panels and other things is just hands down it's it's better than anything else that's out there on the market. You have like alarm.com is actually a third party integrator um, to um, you know, DSC or whoever else is on the the offering. And and in my opinion, by the way, this is just a side note, I think this is where Interlogics went wrong was that they did not buy into the alarm.com market share that already existed. They decided to try to do their own um, hosted platform. But the issue was is they didn't know, they didn't have the development behind it. They may have developed a light version of this, but they just, they really, it was a fail. It was a massive fail. And I think personally that that's why that Concord line dried, died out um, in, the, in the advisor line, which took it over. So anyhow, back, back to Napco. Um, so what, where I'm going to pick up is they've got the security systems, residential security systems. They have like a plug and play offering of security systems. Um, it's called the iSecure line. And then they have um, residential 
modular traditional security systems, which I feel like are probably the best security panels out there. But the challenge for us as professionals is convincing end users, or not convincing, but showing or demonstrating to end users that these systems really are the best. If, if they're serious about security and they're serious about securing their interests, their personal interests, then this is the option they would go with. And that would be the Gemini series of panels, which is basically a complementary offering to the, the uh, competitive offering to the DSC line, um, which is a line that we, we have sold traditionally. It's just more difficult to get our hands on these days, it seems like. Um, and then on the other side of things, uh, after spending some time with the NAPCO offering, I've actually found that it's a, I feel like a superior product. So anyhow, there's that, the Gemini series. They also have an I, um, uh, I'm going to talk about iBridge, but they have a camera platform. So the Gemini series, you you can complement that. This, this isn't new to the industry, but you can add uh, Z-Wave uh, automation to the, the platforms, the Gemini platforms, or even the iSecure platforms, be, um, which I'll get into in a min minute. But um, you can add automation to this platform, but uh, they've got cameras. So, so surveillance, a surveillance offering built into this. And in addition to the surveillance offering, they've, they've taken it one step further. They've gone the doorbell route. So they actually have a doorbell that is pretty awesome. Um, and it ties right into the same platform that all of the other surveillance does. So it works a little bit different than Ring. So, so basically, the, the, the competition, the, the platforms that we're going to be talking about today, um, and I'm not going to spend too much time today, by the way, on all of this because there's so much to go into. But if you guys have any questions or you want more information or want me to elaborate on some of these technologies or suggestions, of any kind, you can get a hold of us by emailing armyourself at arlenco.com. Again, that's armyourself at arlenco.com. So um, I am going to start out today by talking about iBridge. iBridge, well, well first of all, let, let's talk about Simply Safe or Ring or Alexa and kind of the way that that works. So I have made sort of a biased choice, I suppose, to not buy any Alexa components or products or ring products and put them in my house. I support our industry. I support our people. It's a, an established industry. It's got over 100 years of history. Um, and these guys have come in and they're kind of diminishing the efforts of the industry to they're they're cheapening the efforts um, of the industry and most who are listening to this can understand what I'm saying but um I I don't think I can avoid talking about the associations um that that have existed around the United States to to uh note make customers aware and installers aware of the problem of false alarms. It's such a massive problem, false alarms, false reports. Um, I ran two central stations. I built a central station. Actually, I built two. I rebuilt one, and then I built another. Um, and then I helped migrate um, a central station 
So I have a lot of history with the central station side. And I can tell you that false alarms is a big problem and it's driving the professional response away from, uh, but, but, uh, away from the industry. But I should say that it's also created, um, an entirely new market, an entirely new industry, which is the armed security, which always existed, but, but they were more like mall cops, right? Like Paul Blart kind of, kind of, now we actually have armed response teams that go out, um, that, that central stations dispatch in, in lieu of police, um, they they're trained, highly trained in in many cases to deal with, depending on who the central station is is using. But they're highly trained personnel who who have taken the psychological trainings and other things to respond to these thing these things. So in many cases, they actually do a better job at um, surveillance recon and understanding um, you know what is going on. They understand the situation. They understand the personnel. So. Anyhow, um, there have been some that have com- come and gone, but but um, it's so critical that the central stations are using these the right people. But what's happened is all the false alarms and other things have sort of driven away the professional response, the police. The um, they've stopped responding in many of the large metro areas. Salt Lake City, not uh, you know they they stopped responding in Salt Lake City. I think over ten years ago, their surrounding jurisdictions in Salt Lake City Metro. Um, that have taken this seriously and actually have actively gotten engaged with our industry to try to improve the false alarm response because they don't want to not treat these things. But like Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City downtown, for example, the Salt Lake City Police Department, they don't have time to respond to all of these things. And so we owe it to ourselves as an industry to educate our customers and and I feel like Simply Safe and the DIY markets on the whole have really polluted this and destroyed the work that has been done to um, to educate people and to, to help people understand this. You can't install a motion detector with crappy double stick tape on a wall and expect that to not generate a false alarm. You can't overdrill. Um, well, the, no, really, no dentist is doing this, but you know, drill a hole in a door frame for a door switch that's a lot smaller than the hole that you've drilled, and so you just, you know, put tape around it or ram a bunch of silicone up in there and then stick it up in there. And that does work by the way. Um, but there are things like that, that, um, our industry we're so good at and we're aware of that, that these other, um, end users are just absolutely not aware of these things. They'll put a, a single tech motion detector in front of a plant that is next to, uh, an air duct or an air return and that plant will blow and move and then generate a false alarm. Everybody, for the most part, I believe, who's listening to this will understand these things that I'm talking about. There was a, an art gallery that that we uh, did a, a, a security installation for. We had to find a TriTech motion detector to in, be installed into these things because they had all these hanging mobiles. And then, um, and they ended up working well, by the way. Optex has a wonderful 
offering it um, for for those. Um, and we sell Optex. So Optex has Optex, ironically, has become its own massive um, security entity in, in the industry. I actually size it up with the NAPCOs and the DSCs and and uh, well, whoever else is left out there. Uh, but but I put them on the same level be, because of their offering. So uh, anyhow, back to the false alarms. The 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 biggest problem that we have with these is is that so you've got end users licking and sticking basically door switches, window switches, motion detectors. Some of the flood sensors aren't installed properly. You know they they might be installed next to some. Oh, I've got to put it right. They just can't. It's impossible to educate an end user with with the centuries long experience that that our industry has. So I know that I'm I'm preaching to the choir here a little bit, but um, that I guess I'm just trying to identify the weaknesses um, that that they have because they're dramatic and it will be bad for the industry long term. For the DIY markets will be bad for the industry. It's a quick buck up front for those who want to get involved, but um, it it just it's going to be a bad thing long term. So the other thing is is the equipment uh, that you get from these third party, not third party, uh, like the rings and the Simply Safes. It's it's inferior equipment. It, it's not a high quality equipment. The, there are some who left our industry thinking that they understand these things and and they have money and and they'll develop these things out. I mean, obviously they're marking on every stinking talk talk radio known to mankind. But um, the best example that I can case case that I can give to everybody is that my wife said, "Hey, Melissa called me last night. She ordered uh, a ring and a ring." security system and she doesn't know what to do well of course she is a single house mom she is a a nurse practitioner she is not a security (laughs) integrator she bought the thing because she heard the commercial and and now it's not even getting used she hasn't even installed it she doesn't even know how to install the doorbell and she wants me to come over and help which I'm happy to do, but ironically, I'm the industry professional selling a product that's superior to what she bought, and and now I, you know, so so where do I draw the line? Do do I do I take a stand against it for you know for the sake of a friend? No, I'm going to go help her out. But goodness, you know, she's going to get a professional installation for a product that is subpar. So. Anyhow, back back to this. The the cameras, um, it's just a lower quality camera. I don't I, I don't even know. I I've I helped my brother install his ring system, and they're ju- the cameras just aren't as good. The fe- their features are great. You know, a lot of things that the housewives will like, but you, uh, wide dynamic range is just something that th- these guys don't comprehend. How, how critical is that? Or color accuracy and things like that. Um, they're very limited on their automation support. The offering that they have for automation just isn't the best. Um, it's not the best. Um, you know, they have some things, but not all things. They might have Z-Wave support, but the software side of it isn't the best. 
The implementation is very limited. They do this on purpose, by the way. <laughs> they don't want to throw 3 million options at an end user because an end user is going to go, oh, what do I do? I don't even, I don't know, even know what to do uh, when, when they see the offering. They, in fact, they won't even know what to choose. So if you look at Ring's website, for example, and you scroll down, you can scroll down quite a ways. There are a lot of offerings, but they don't have things like mounting options. You know, it's just very limited on, on implementation. And then um, the overall user experience, they're, it's, it, they're kind of a 10-headed monster with inexperience in, in, the, in the industry. So I want to be able to tell my alarm system, uh, tell Alexa to arm my alarm system, and I want it to be able to do this right. But you have to know the library you know, you have to know what to tell Alexa, for example, and some of these implementations where other ones, it's not. So the AI isn't quite there. I'm sure it'll get there, but uh, over time, but there, there are weaknesses that they have. There's holes in their offering and, and they really are holes. So my advice for anybody selling against these technologies is to get a demo system show the cameras, show the platform, show the end users how it works, show them why it's superior. If you can get that meeting, if if your friend calls you and says, hey, I'm buying a ring, if, if you can show them what you've got and show them why it's better, it's, it's a much easier sell to make. So that comes, by the way, in multiple forms. That comes in marketing, how are you marketing the systems? So we're Arlenco Connect. That's what Arlenco Connect is basically a marketing front for you, our customers, um, a sales front. So because we have a lot of uh, users that co come in to our website and they subscribe to our marketing, um, basically we're marketing those features. We're we're going to be hitting end users with those kinds of um, options, and then we're just going to point them at our customers basically. Um, but, but that's, that's the best way that those are my recommendations to, to getting people to buy into what we offer. So the, all that said, I'm going to go to iBridge. That's the first thing I'm going to talk about for Napco is iBridge. I really want to make this short. Um, I'm at 22 minutes. iBridge the best way I can describe iBridge, you have to look at iBridge from an end user's perspective in order to understand what iBridge is. You can't look at iBridge from a dealer's perspective or an installer's or professional's perspective because you won't, you won't be able to understand the topography of the product. You have to look at it from the end user's side and that simplifies it dramatically because they have a dealer portal to manage devices iBridge devices. The dealer porter, portal is called the NOC. Um, that is not iBridge. iBridge basically is the front end. It's, it's what the users see. So for iBridge, basically what it is, is it's this cloud platform that has all these devices that can be tied together in the cloud platform. And it's a single interface, user interface, or single UI for end users to access all of these things. That's all it is. So they've got an, an iBridge application for the iPhone. They have an iBridge 
keypad, touchscreen keypad, which works with the iSecure platform and the Gemini platform, by the way. And I suspect it probably would even work with um, the Gem C. I'm not positive on that. Don't quote me on that. But um, what the iBridge touchscreen keypad is, it is not a touchscreen keypad for the security panel. That's the first mistake integrators seem to make is, is the iBridge touchscreen keypad a keypad for the security panel? No, it is not. It can be used with the security panel, but no, it is not. What it is, is it's a portal to that cloud umbrella, to the iBridge cloud platform. That's what it is. And basically you can access automation, you can access cameras, you can access your system, all from the iBridge interface. So if you think about it in those terms, really, you could almost have, in fact, you really could. Um, I'm doing it right now, actually, um, in my in my house. But you can have an iBridge keypad, an iBridge touch keypad that accesses the iBridge platform and doesn't even touch your security panel. It's not even connected and it still works. You can still use it to access your cameras. Um, the iBridge touch keypad can be mounted and powered off of the same circuits that a normal security keypad is. That's what I'm doing, actually. I'm powering the keypads in my house, the iBridge touch keypads, touch screens, off of the security panel. So I'm using the same wire. But that, but all it is, I, I bought the Wi-Fi editions of the keypads. Um, they're reporting not to the panel. They're reporting to the iBridge platform the iBridge backend, basically, the iBridge cloud. So when you click on, when you tap that touchscreen keypad, you're looking at the iBridge software, which is basically a gateway to the iBridge platform, not to the security panel. Have I emphasized that enough? So you have to kind of understand the topography of this. What that means is that the security system is an ancillary device. It is not the primary device for iBridge. It's an ancillary device, which makes it very, very flexible and very, very powerful. So you can have a security system with Z-Wave built into the security panel, by the way, um, or you can buy a Starlink communicator with the Z-Wave radio built into it and then tie the Z-Wave devices to the Starlink radio, not even have the Z-Wave devices um, paired with that security platform. So you're not dependent on that security panel, in other words, for your Z-Wave automation. Then you can also add cameras, just like you would with alarm.com. You can add these cameras or ring or whatever, um, those cameras are also a part of the iBridge platform. So you can access, for example, your doorbell from the security touch. I call it a security uh, keypad. I shouldn't have done that. But the touchscreen keypad, you can access the cameras from those keypads. Any, any device that has that iBridge UI or iBridge application gives you the same 
user interface. It's It looks exactly the same. It looks the same on the keypad as it does on an iPad, as it does on an Android tablet, as it does on a computer. It looks and functions the same. You click on the camera button and you can see your cameras and then pull the cameras up. You can pull up the automation button, which allows you to control the automation in the, in the system. You can pull up your security panel, arm, disarm the system through the iBridge platform. It's just so much more powerful than what you get on um, a traditional offering where you're dependent on that security panel. The security panel is basically, in, in most traditional implementations, the security panel is the head end, right? It, it's the primary device, and then everything else is ancillary. This is not the case. Napco has isolated that. So you've got this iBridge umbrella, right, that allows you to have access to all these ancillary devices. So we've covered that. I have to talk about the Starlink communicators. So the Starlink, so so the ancillary devices are as follows. Um, on a, I'm sure I'm not going to get them all, but you've got cameras, the camera offering. You have the communicators, the communicator offering. And then you have the security panels or the panels offering. And that could be iSecure panels or Gemini panels um, in those. And then the iBridge is basically manage, manages all of those, those things. So the communicators are really going like hotcakes right now because the RMR, the, the, the cost per account per month is very, very low compared to others. But dealers are beginning to understand, some of the ones that are, have bought into this are beginning to understand how powerful um, the Starlink communicators are. So you can get a Starlink communicator, for example, that's got a Z-Wave bridge built into it, Z-Wave radio. It's got an IP interface and it has a cellular interface. So it can communicate with home base using IP over the internet. You do not, have, by the way, have to open up any ports on your firewall. You just plug it in. Um, it has a um, Z-Wave radio. So you can you can pair Z-Wave devices with the radio, not with the security panel, but with the radio. And then it's got that cellular communications bus, which um, allows you to, uh, believe it or not, to sideload programs onto your, your Gemini security panel. So if you want to program a security panel, you can load their, their programming software. I don't, don't remember what it's called. And then you can gain access to that security panel using the, the communicator. The most beautiful part about iBridge, by the way, since it makes the security panel an ancillary device, is that they they released a universal communicator that allows you to use this com communicator with almost any security panel out there on the market. That includes the Honeywell offering. That includes the DSC offering. I believe they even still claim support for the GE stuff. You'll have to go up to their website to see. I'll I'll, I'll put it all in the show notes, but. Anyway, so the the communicators are they are they're just rad. You you can sideload program most of these. The the communicator hooks up to the panel on the bus, the the comms bus. Um, but the best part about the iBridge Touch keypads is that 
they have the ability to phone into home base and they can connect locally. So basically they can connect on the comms bus as well. So if you wanted to use them like a traditional security keypad, I suppose you could. Um, but the Gemini panels all work with the traditional security keypads. So anyhow, you can begin to, I, I think as I talk about this, you can probably begin to understand how powerful this is, why this, why this is such a powerful thing. The radios are less expensive and they have all kinds of promos running on their radios. They're less expensive than most radios on the market. They're way more flexible. They have universal uh, communications. But um, the, the thing about Napco that I have to say is they take as much energy, they put as much energy into the engineering of all their products. So the security systems, the, the um, integration side, they just need a little bit of help with UI and marketing. But that, that's another, that's a whole other ballgame right there. Um, the, uh, the, the Gemini, what I was leading to was that the Gemini panels are just, it's a high quality device. It's so much higher quality, uh, device. It's got Phillips screws, terminals. It's got, um, the, the cabinet itself is made with a really high quality steel. It's got a high quality hinge. It's got a lock set. Woo. It doesn't have plastic standoffs. The, the, the panel is mounted to rails inside. You don't have to assemble the sucker. You buy it, and then, of course, you wire it up. But it is a traditional panel in every sense, but it's modernized software-wise and feature-wise because they have allowed this thing to natively tie into their iBridge platform. The I haven't even talked about the iSecure. I, but before I do, though, I have, to, I have to give one disclaimer on the iSecure, and that is that the wireless devices for iSecure and Gemini receiver devices, the Gemini devices. I'm going to let you go up and do the research on the capabilities. If you would like me to delve deeper into those, I can. Um, I love, I, I installed the 1664 into my house. I figured um, it's their flagship panel and put it in. The 1664 just has, it's, it's a terrific panel. I'm stoked to get this thing running full bore. Um, I've spent a couple days with it because I want to know all the ins and outs of it. Um, so my, much to my wife's d dismay, I have not gotten it, got it online yet, but I will be getting it online very soon. Anyhow, um, the iBridge, the wireless devices are not cross compatible between iSecure and iBridge. You cannot retrofit an i, sorry, uh, Gemini system with an iSecure system. You can't pull a Gemini system off the wall, put an iSecure device on the wall and expect those wireless devices to work. They they use a different tech. Um, they're just different devices. That's the one disclaimer I have to add. The iSecure device, iSecure offering, very inexpensive, self-contained offering. It has the ability to tie into the um, their communicator technologies you know, and iBridge um, using their Starlink communicators. And in fact, I think one of them actually has, sorry, I've got Everlast um, blasting here, um, White Trash Beautiful. I was listening to that prior to the show. I'm not sure why it started. Anyhow, back back to this. So the iSecure offering is also a part, um, can be swapped out for the, as part of the, the iBridge offering, can be swapped out with 
the Gemini offering to, to give you a lot more wireless self-contained offering to compete with some of these, um, low budget, um, inexpensive offerings. So, um, that are out there, but these, these things, they're just 10 times better. I I've spent time with the ring. I've spent time with simply safe stuff and, and it's, I'm just not going to beat around the bush. It's garbage. It's complete garbage. Um, and, and the ring cameras are <laughs> low quality. Yeah. It has two way voice. Okay. But it sounds like crap. The cameras that, that Navco have the Starlink cameras, I mean, they're IP 66, not that the ring aren't, but I guarantee you can't submerge it in a tank full of water, you know, like you, you probably could not endorse usage by the way. Um, then the Napco dome, it's, it's a vandal proof mini dome. I mean, these cameras are awesome cameras and the the doorbell is smaller than what's on the market for the most part. It's straightforward. It it's uh it's it's just better. I I just like it. I I mean there there are a lot of reasons why why it's better, but I, I'm I'm running on 36 minutes and I I'm not going to talk too much about this uh too much more about this, but the the these systems combat the offering that you're up against in terms of ring, in terms of simply safe, in terms of some of the Alexa offerings, um, they're better. They're they're industry tested. They're time proven technologies, and we are the experts. And our customers look to us as being the glue or basically the putty, um, so that they don't have to think about this stuff. And then it's just up to us to to show our customers that information. So we will be releasing some things for our customers to take to market for themselves, some documentation and other things, um, arm yourself documentation so that they can be weaponized uh, to, to go to market uh, for their customers against some of these things. I say against, but I still feel like there's a way that all of this can play nicely with with one another, um, and we do have some some products coming um, that we'll be talking about down the road that do play nicely with with like the Alexas and some of these other things. But I still don't think that we should buy into the whole let's destroy 50 years of hard work at uh, removing false alarms and and making the industry a better, more reliable, safe industry for our users. Because um, part of why I am in this industry is because I love the fact that it does provide a level of safety um, for users and for schools and for, you know, you know think about it. Uh, every, everything that's gone on recently in schools and in public facilities lately there, there's been a whole new level of security and other things like this that have been implemented for our kids and f- for for our communities to help make us safer. We don't want to destroy that, and we don't want to allow that to be destroyed by the idiots that are just wanting to make a quick buck. We have to stand up to these guys and be clever about it. You know, they'll give away a free security system, but they're not doing it for free. There's no free lunch. The money's got to come from somewhere. And that might be in a, in selling off accounts, but I've seen users, I'm just saying, 
I've seen users tied into five-year contracts at 60 bucks a month. I mean, that's asinine, you know, to, 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 to give somebody a $100 system that's got a motion built into the keypad, you know, and the siren, everything's in the keypad. Basically, they plug it in, leave it on the countertop, sign to a contract and walk out the door. You know, what the hell good is that going to do for end users? So anyhow, I've hit on this long enough. Next week, we're going to be talking about IP technology and how it's making its way into our industry and how it's actually doing battle right now with some of the wireless technologies with all the advances in wireless technology. Um, IP technology really is changing the landscape. We have some of these manufacturers that are unwilling to change. They don't want to adopt some of the, or they're, they're just sort of band-aiding their own products to try to make them work better in the in this modern IP world. And anyhow, we're gonna talk a lot about that, but this will be an overview of IP, IP tech, and, and IP integration. That's really what it'll be. So we'll be doing that next week. We hope you tune in then. Thanks for joining us. This is Cameron at Arlenco Distribution. Um, This is the Arm Yourself podcast provided by Arlenco Distribution. Again, our show sponsors for the week are UNV, Hyperline, all awesome products, and then Klein Tools. I don't think we need to convince anybody that Klein Tools are the superior tools. They just are. We have all kinds of awesome winter gear at our stores. You can find this stuff online. We're building out our Arm Yourself offering in our Arm Yourself digital store right now. Um, you can find that on our Lenko.com, but it's still in its juvenile stages. Um, over the next week or two, we'll be building that out. So we will have our own Arm Yourself store offering online. Uh, until next week, this is Cameron. And just remember, arm yourself with information. Well, there's always going to be great new things that come out of other companies. And you want to be in a position to benefit from those, to have those inventions drive demand 